Hi, this is Robin with a quick note to let you know that this episode was intended to come out on Valentine's Day, but we had an atmospheric river overhead of us in Los Angeles, and we were not able to function as normally. So yes, this was intended to come out on Valentine's Day, and it sounds that way. So thank you, excessive rain in Los Angeles. Our infrastructure has crumbled and allowed us to release this episode a week early. This is our gift to you. Happy Valentine's Valentine's Day. Keeping those walls up and keeping the heart protected doesn't allow it to grow, right? And doesn't allow anyone in. I kind of figured out you can't always do it alone. Hello, and welcome to Fuck Yeah, the podcast where we say fuck yeah to letting the love in. I'm Robin, one of your hosts here with the full of love, Sarah. (laughs) How are you on this Valentine's Day? I am good. I'm really excited about this episode. Yeah, I understand why. Um, Before we get into that, though, do you have any fuck yeahs going on? Yeah, I mean, I think today's episode is really giving me a fuck yeah, because we have my beloved Andrea on the podcast Mm -hmm. with us. And so I'm excited to have that conversation. I'm also like my birthday is right around the Mm -hmm. corner. I love my birthday season. Like I just totally milk it. Like (laughs) I just I feel like it's a time of year where I really get to reflect and do nice caring things for myself and celebrate with friends. Like I just love uh, my birthday. So Pisces season is right around the corner Mm -hmm. and I am thrilled. You ready for it? Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) great. Yeah. And I'm excited to have Handy Andy, the handy ma'am, um, Andrea Campos on today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've got a few different things to talk to her about because I do think it's really interesting the work that she does. She's a handy person, an incredibly skilled carpenter. She can fix just about anything. We met her through that role that she does, and she was, I mean, so so good at it I referred her out a ton before like we got together and really knew each other on this personal level like Mm -hmm. she's so good at what she does and it is I think you know something that she comes home with a lot is a lot of positive affirmations and feedback from her clients Mm -hmm. because like dudes will come into your house and just be so careless about things. Yeah. And she just does a lot of detailed finishing work and I think listens. Yeah. And like brings something different to it than cis men do. Right. Yeah. And you know, there's another handy ma'am that I follow on TikTok. It's Mercury Stardust, I believe. She's so great. She's a trans woman handyman. And she's talked about how, you know, there's all of these clients that they put things away because they don't want to appear, you know, 
it can be dangerous to have people come into your home and see things that, you know, so many people have been radicalized around or, you know, have prejudices around. So like, if, you know, being a queer person, or a trans person or a woman, and inviting like, you know, straight cis men into your home can be a threat at times. And it's nice to have other people with other identities that are also able to do this kind of work that has been so pigeonholed and gate kept for certain types of people. Well, yeah. one specific type of person. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really interested to find all this out. Plus, Andrea has a little something special that um, most people, I don't know anybody that hasn't noticed, like Mega Mojo. So I want to talk about, you know, Andrea's swagger. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely caught our eye, right? <laughs> yeah, right. No, for sure. Back in the day. <laughs> Some of us more than others. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited to talk to her today. And also yeah. just to learn more about the two of you and your relationship together, because something's going well. I'm like sitting in your house right now. And it's, you know, it's yeah. a warm, cozy place full of love. So I want to know more about that on this Valentine's Day. I know that Valentine's Day is really a silly corporate holiday. Mm-hmm. And one that is so complicated for a lot of people, because there's such an emphasis in our culture put on being partnered. Yeah. And like going through a Valentine's Day, when I waited tables, Valentine's Day was so depressing Mm. because everyone would be coming out for their obligatory date night meal. The prices would be jacked up. Mm -hmm. Like making that transition from working in restaurants to working in sex stores was amazing Mm. because Valentine's Day at a sex shop is so much fun, y'all. So if you're looking for a really good vibe today, (laughs) go to your local sex shop and talk to people, feed off of that really fun energy. I think that Valentine's Day can, you can really reclaim it in whatever way you want, whether it's self-love. I I'm feeling a little sentimental about this Valentine's Day just because we're having Andrea on the podcast. And it's nice. It's nice to have the opportunity to share what I think is, I don't know, it's a very special relationship to me Mm -hmm. and one that I think has legs. Yeah. Like really like the legs to last. Of course, people change and grow in different directions. And I don't think either of us are naive about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it just feels like such an adult relationship. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really sweet episode. But if Valentine's Day holds a certain weight for you, I think there's still going to be some really valuable things to learn in this one. And towards the end, we'll have something more for people that are not partnered or that are partnered. It just depends on what you want. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I think we should get into it. I'm really excited about this. Let's do it. Andrea, welcome. Mm. We're so happy you found time for us. In my busy, busy schedule. Yeah. Well, we had an inside connection Uh to get you on the pod. I might know somebody. (laughs) So we'd like to warm you up. Okay. All right. So what's the last picture on your phone? Oh, I think it's Trixie. I think it's Trixie in between my legs. (laughs) No, she was... You might have to say more about that. She... (laughs) She fell asleep. She was falling asleep. It was so cute. And then she started dreaming. And who is Trixie? I love everybody imagining. Funny story. Trixie Delicious is my cat <laughs> who was born under my other house in my old house in Highland Park. 
I took care of Mama Bear and all the kittens. She was one of the kittens? She's a foster fail. And she's named after a Kelly Deal 6000 song. Kelly Deal of Kim and Kelly of the Breeders. Mm-hmm. I just learned last month that Trixie Delicious was a real person who was a drag queen. Really? Yeah, I read an article with Kelly That's telling great. the story. And I was like, these are the things I want to talk to you backstage about. Like, I had no idea. So Trixie's actually named after a drag queen. Yeah, It's a great drag name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Way before Trixie Mattel. This was like the Kelly Deal 6000 came out in 95. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, that's sweet. Who was your first celebrity crush? <laughs> I can't believe you couldn't guess it the other day. Shit. I forgot that it's I was okay. going to guess it. Uh, Wonder Woman, Linda Carter. Oh. oh, my God. Shout out. What's your favorite part of that? whole thing like is it the spinning into another outfit is it the just the way she looks the power like I mean I was young I was like five six Mm -hmm. maybe um so yes all of that but I'm pretty sure it was the way she looked yeah like I was just yeah just loved her she's very womanly and I think that going forward like discovering my own sexuality I realized I think Pony is the one that told me that I like high femmes and I didn't know that that was a thing like what's a high femme like (laughs) very like lipstick hair but also powerful right right? yeah that's a key part of the high stunning yeah powerful and in charge yeah it's like using the sharp point of the heel to crush yes patriarchy (laughs) I've seen atomic I've seen Atomic Blonde several times. I've seen it twice in the theater because of that scene where Charlize just beats the shit out of the man in the back of the car with her stiletto. I'm not aware of that oh, scene. Oh, you've got to take, you've got to see Atomic it. Blonde. All oh. right. Well, I know what I'm going to do this uh, evening. Uh-huh. <laughs> what was your first mode of masturbation? I was trying to remember, um, but I think it might have been like the bouncy toys so where you hold on to the ears yes and those little ponies mm-hmm. inflatable oh like yeah. i have like a mickey mouse or something yes or the bathtub yeah. was one of those things you mean the water the water yeah out of the bathtub mm-hmm. yeah or a unicorn stuffed animal okay <laughs> might have been rubbing why not all of the above yeah tried to rub it you're versatile yeah i was trying everything <laughs> <laughs> do you have any fuck yes right now I do. So there's two. Great. One is fuck yeah to accepting help. Oh, that's. Yeah. That's hard. It's huge. Yeah. Still haven't asked for help. But you're accepting the idea. But I'm accepting. Of asking. It makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. I think. Do you think it's like a Gen X thing? Well, that and I recently read that it's trauma based in the sense of like radical independence of like Mm -hmm. not wanting to ask or accept stems from not trusting (laughs) trusting people trusting anyone yeah or not experiencing that and so it's like oh that makes sense yeah 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 so that's great so you're into the idea of accepting help but you haven't done it yet it's it no it happened oh like yeah it's happening and you got through it yes yeah (laughs) i got through the discomfort yeah. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. What's your other one? Oh, um, Drag Race won an Emmy. 
Yes. And I feel like I came to that show late, Mm -hmm. but it was my sister's favorite show. And so I feel like when Sarah and I watch it now, I I imagine in a multiverse that we're all watching it. Mm -hmm. Because your sister passed. She's no longer on this planet. But I feel like in another in a multiverse somewhere, we're watching it together and like I'm critiquing the looks. Yeah. And then like she's crying when her favorite drag queen wins. And like <laughs> we get to talk about it. So it's like a way to connect with her. Yeah. Now. And, yeah. you know, giving her the props because she's like, I know, I know stuff. And like she was so into that show when it first came out. And I wish I would have sat down and watched it with her. Yeah. Because like I grew up with drag queens. They're the ones that taught me how to put my makeup on. So you wear makeup? In the early uh, 1990. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you like a dark <laughs> eyeliner person? Yes. Yeah. I can uh, see it. Cat eyes. Yes. Liquid eyeliner. Oh, I'd love to Pancake see makeup, which I didn't need. But again, <laughs> drag queens. I love it. Like, girl, you got to erase that face. Erase the nose. Yeah. And start over. <laughs> and rebuild. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and my sister would just watch. She would just watch me for an hour. Just yeah. erase and put it back. Do you think that's part of why she might have enjoyed Drag Race? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a nice, like, kind of... Because she knew them, too. We're, there's a seven-year difference. So, like, when they would come over to pick me up to go out and stuff, she knew she knew them. She was she, younger or older? Younger. Yeah. So she was just, like, in awe of these. Oh, I bet that. It's like an folks. echoing back and forth, like a communication through this show that you guys are having. I think so. I like that. It's beautiful. So uh, you have a few work nicknames. Mm. We met you as the Handy Ma'am. Mm-hmm. Some people call you Handy Andy. Mm-hmm. Are there any others that I, I'm not familiar with? Well, uh, Tig's kids, they called me Handy Dandy. And I thought that was really cute. Yeah. 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 You are in a field that is so male dominated that you had to create your own regendered job title for it. I started in 2008, and one of my clients said, you should really get on Angie's List. That's how people are finding folks like you now. And I was like, what's that? And um, come to find out you need a name for your business. And I didn't want to do Handy Andy because I did want to kind of point out that I was presenting as female and Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, what about Handy Ma'am? It's yeah, so good. So, it's yeah. so good. We always, I think, kind of smiled over it. Yeah, it's very um, clever. I mean, for a number of reasons, which we'll get into. Mm. But tell us how you got into doing this work. I was an art director in production and did commercials for 10 years. And in between gigs would do fix it up stuff because with production, it's feast or famine. Right. You know, unemployment only covered so much and... I was like, well, what else do I know how to do? And so the what else I know how to do part came from my grandpa. So my grandpa was the original Handy Andy. Mm. Um, He could fix anything, (laughs) anything. And so I would go on jobs with him. How old were you? I was a kid. So like six till like 15. Wow. When I felt like I was maybe too cool to hang out with my grandpa, which I regret to this day. But like a long time just watching him work. And he taught me everything I know. Wow. Also, I'm self-taught. But he taught me the basic, like, right tool for the job. Mm-hmm. Do it right the first time. And he had a, he had a very um, deep sense of integrity mm-hmm. in how he did his work and how his work was pristine. 
Do you think that you recognized as a young person how unique it was that your grandpa was willing to cart you around as a girl? No. I mean, the sun rose and set on my ass with my grandpa, <laughs> so like, no. He, so the gender stuff just We both wasn't... enjoyed each other's company, and we Aww. just both just loved to hang out with each other. So oh, That's wonderful. Yeah. So you never had a sense of... Being handy, fixing things, doing those kinds of things was unusual for your gender? No. Does that just ruin the whole interview now? (laughs) No, no, no. Because I think, I mean, it's like one of the other questions that I'm interested to explore with you because you come home talking about how clients respond to your work. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with your gender. Yes, So, like, at what stage did you realize that your gender might be a bit of a superpower? When most of my clients ended up being women. Mm. And they were like, I'm so sick of men coming in my house. And, you know, for the myriad of reasons, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, making me uncomfortable or wanting to small talk. Or, like, you know, a lot of times they're alone in their places with these guys that they've just met. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're having all this access to their houses and stuff. And I didn't even think about that. And I also think that figuring out that w- women felt more comfortable made me feel like, oh, I have this thing I can offer them, which is security and trust. Yeah. You know, they don't know how much of a pervert I am, so I'm not going like, <laughs> to show them when I get to work. But they just felt this innate, like, ah. Uh, you know, they yeah. just relax and they were also tired of the mansplaining that they would get. Yeah. Or just like thinking that they were too dumb to mm-hmm. want to know what the fix was or what the problem is. And I like to explain what the problem is, how to fix it, how to make it not happen for next time. Or here's how to fix it yourself. Mm-hmm. If you want to, here's here's the thing that happened and a lot of people glaze over and they're just like, no, take my money. Yeah. <laughs> do your thing. I don't care. But other people are very appreciative. Did you ever experience the flip side of that where you're in somebody in like a man's space and it made you uncomfortable? Like, did you start getting more women clients also for yourself? No. Okay. Like, did you ever butt up against the patriarchy in this job? <laughs> I, I think I ignored it. Okay. And I think that's been my MO for my whole life. Yeah. Of like, I wanted to be the Fonz, right? <laughs> yeah. I was five. Mm-hmm. And my Nina was like, Ugh. my godmother was like, oh, but you could be Pinky Tuscadero. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I am the Fonz. And I'm going to date Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And Wonder Woman is my girlfriend. Always with my thumbs up in pictures. And then, you know, I went through a phase of like, I wanted to be called Steve. But then I grew out of that too. But I always felt, I guess, kind of macho. So Mm -hmm. I never walked into a room of like, oh, these guys aren't going to take me seriously. Like I always walked into the room of like, I'm one of the guys. Yeah. And what? Yeah. And they they all just took it. Because I ran a crew for 10 years of guys. Like I was the art director. Mm -hmm. And I was bossing people around like... The guys on the truck and the set dressers and the the guys just listened to me and did what I said. No imposter syndrome around that. No. Wow. I think it's actually one of the things when we first got together 
that I was like, oh, it's like a, you're like my unicorn <laughs> in the sense of like, you are so grounded in your female identity. Mm. Uh-huh. And yet you also have this like really developed masculine side. It's like one doesn't come really at the quote unquote sacrifice of the other. Not that I like, I mean, it just was very attractive to me Mm. that you had kind of these, you were just grounded in both parts of yourself. It was just so integrated into your sense of self. Yeah. And it is very sexy. Yeah, I think this is going to get into another question that I have. But first, I wanted to know what it was like for you to go into that space. So it didn't feel like super like, hee hee, this is so weird. Or (laughs) like, there's dildos everywhere. Mm It's like, I noticed it. And like, (laughs) I learned a lot of things working at the pleasure chest, uh, because I was also the DJ. That's right. So, you know, I had a couple, I wore a couple hats there. Yeah. And it was fun. Like, I liked it. Yeah, it was fun for us when you would come by. Because <laughs> ah. that was a whole thing. Like, And this is what I wanted to touch on. Like, There's this, and I, I think you're getting maybe to the crux of it with how comfortable you are, I guess, with your masculinity. or But even in masculine spaces, like you're able to traverse these spaces without imposter syndrome. Uh-huh. And maybe that's part of your big dick energy. Ah. <laughs> your swagger (laughs) like there's a mojo that you have like I remember every time you were going to come in there would be a buzz around okay even like the gay boys are like Andrea's coming okay there's something there's an air about you that Mm. just sends us into the one time there was an event and you were at the event and I was standing I won't say with who but I was standing with a a a femme friend and um, she was talking about you from afar and then you came up to us you did not say anything to her, but you talked to me uh-huh. and you were a little flirty, but maybe it's just the big ticket. I don't know. Maybe uh-huh. it's the BDE, but I, I, and when you walked away, she was so mad ah. <laughs> that I got all this attention from you mm. and that she, and she's like, what do I got to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's but funny. it was, it was, it was somewhat universal. Um, I mean, it was some of the only times I saw Sarah flustered. I don't think I ever saw you flustered other than when, like, the handyman's coming. I'd close my office door, and you were just so bold. You'd always come in anyways. (laughs) And nobody else did that. Like, everyone respected my closed door except for the handyman. Well, I'm attracted to power. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So I was like, I I have a question. I need this answered. I need someone who knows what they're talking about. Go straight to the top. Go straight to the top. And I also need the validation, let's be honest, right? Like, oh. if, what if I did it wrong? I hate making mistakes. So, like, right. what if I ask this dumb person over here who doesn't care, who doesn't know yeah. the answer and just make something up, and then I do the thing wrong, and then Sarah's disappointed? How awful would that be? I mean, that is pretty bad when Sarah's disappointed. We <laughs> right? all feel that. But, okay, back to the BDE. Are you aware of it, or do you just... Like, do you wield it? Do you hone it? Did you practice? Is there a secret? Or is it you're born with it? Or what? You know, when I first read that question that you sent over, I thought it read, have you honored it? Oh, and I was like, oh, I I hope so. I hope I have. What a compliment. Um, I think I was born with it because it's something I never knew I had. 
And like my sister would even point it out to me. Like we'd wa- be walking through the mall. Yeah. And she'd be like, ugh. <laughs> you know how many people just looked at you? And I yeah. was like, no, because I'm pretty shy. Yeah. And I'm an introvert. So if I were an extrovert, you know, I would have been that rock star on the stage. I would have mm-hmm. done, I would have just been an artist or, or a musician or I would have been an actor. But I don't like it. I don't like the attention. Hmm. That factors into it also, though, mm. where you're like, uh, it's it's just something I'm born with. It's yeah, not a big I think deal. you would be obnoxious if you were an extrovert. <laughs> right, right, right. I think it would be hard to be around you. Yeah. <laughs> most, most, I, I agree. You know, my bio dad, super handsome. My mom was a virgin till she met him. Mm. I guess he had that same swagger, that mm-hmm. same kind of thing. But unfortunately, he died of AIDS. Mm. And I never met him. But I think that's probably where it came from. Yeah. It was my dad. Yeah. Mm. Sounds genetic. It's probably inherited. (laughs) It's in your genes. Okay. So how do I want to tell this story? You had been a DJ first and everyone loved you so much. And then I think someone in the office met you and was like, oh, yeah, obviously this needs to be our handy person. (laughs) And then that person recommended you to me and I trusted them. So I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 of course. But so you'd been coming around for a lot for a while and I was married at the time. You tell me that you thought I was a straight lady, which of course breaks my heart. Um, That's what I'm giving off. No, that's just my old brain of like, Mm. you said you were married Mm. And then I'm like 90. So I'm like, oh, she's married <laughs> to a dude. Like, and, ha- and we're having had and a I kid. Had a, I had, yeah, I got yeah. pregnant. I yeah. had a baby. We separated. And I think I was probably separated for nine or 10 months before I started thinking about possibly dating. I mean, I had my hands full with a toddler. And you were the first person I asked out. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, very clunkily. Like, let's be real. Like, it was a little clunkily. It was clunky. Well, and I had, I have never asked somebody out. Yeah. I've always been asked out. But I was like, this is meant to happen. I had this, like, really strong intuition feeling about it. And so then when you said no, I had this feeling of like, this is not correct. Mm. This is not what is supposed to happen. So I remember I like showed, I was in a really great phase with all my femme friends. We would go out dancing a lot. Like that was my one outlet mm-hmm. during that time. Was like, And I like showed them the messages and everyone was like, oh yeah, that is stupid. She's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> just let it go like if it's not meant to be it's not meant to be I was like yeah 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 but it did irk me for a little while of course where I was like no I just know this like deep in my insides that this is supposed to happen we would have so much fun yeah and then I went on and had a couple relationships and you know eventually things sort of came back around Mm -hmm. where it sort of felt like I think maybe you felt it for the first time. Mm. I'm just curious. What was your experience of that whole time? Well, clearly I pulled my head out of my ass, <laughs> right? And came to my senses. Why did you say no? You know, I, I there was a string of 
bad choices I was making. Okay. And I think I was getting my head together, honestly. Okay. So kind of timing, just where timing, you were at. Yeah, timing wasn't right. You know, maybe it was that thing of like, I cannot be present right now. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think I knew in my bones that Sarah deserves somebody who, needs, who can be present, mm-hmm. right? Even if it wasn't just be fun. And I wasn't, I wasn't at that time. There was a lot of, uh, there was like three in a row of bad, I won't even call them relationships, but situationships <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work out. Yeah. And, you know, I took, it took a toll. It knocked me down a bit. Mm. Yeah. So you were recovering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then how did the stars align? What happened? I think the timing was right. And yeah, I think that there could have been some divine intervention. Well, I think truly. Sarah's a witch for yeah. sure. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really do think that had we hooked up when I asked you out, that none of this would have happened. Probably not. But I think you did your like grounding in yourself, which is something I still really respect about you. I think Mm. that it's a through line that you have these boundaries and understand kind of your limitations Mm -hmm. and are very skilled at taking care of yourself because you've had to do it for a long ass fucking time, Mm -hmm. right? Like basically from the beginning. Yeah. And uh, I needed to have some experiences I think like I needed to really build my confidence because it's like really striking that interaction when I quote unquote asked you out Mm -hmm. versus where I was at when we got together Mm -hmm. like I was in my full power at that point oh yeah we were walking down the street at the pleasure chest and I was like you look good yeah yeah. Is this so? Then what happened? Tell the yeah, story. Yeah. Well, we worked on a project together. We moved offices. Right. And then we hired Andrea to do all the build out and everything, which meant that Andrea and I were alone <laughs> oh. in that office a lot. Oh. And, and Sarah would just go in her office and shut the door, and yeah. then you would oh, okay. just open the door and be like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah." Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there were definitely a few And then we started moments. in OnlyFans. Yeah. And then <laughs> there were a few moments where I was like, oh, I think I could hook up with Andrea. But I was seeing someone semi-seriously over mm. that time that we were working together. And then I think we just really struck up a friendship at that. Like, I think you said, like, oh, Sarah's over me now. And then it yeah. kind of gave us the space mm. to just be friends and there were many inner, but I, whenever you were around, like I just loved having you around so much. Like I would put work mm. aside, which never, mm. I never did that at yeah. work. And we would chat, and I realized that you had a lot of humility. Like you made fun of yourself. Mm. You were funny, which I didn't know. Like you have such a great sense of humor. So we became friends mm. first. And then there was just, you know, a night where there was an event and you brought something home for me. I was being chivalrous. You were being chivalrous. Mm -hmm. You thought it wouldn't fit in my car. Mm -hmm. And I insisted that it would, but mostly because I was testing whether she was actually going to bring it home or not, Mm. like drive it to my house. And I thought to myself, if she is driving to my house right now at 1130 p.m., it is on. (laughs) And you brought it home. You brought I did. it home. 
Mm-hmm. And then slammed the screen door in my face and <gasps> stood back in on the porch like th- like as many steps back as she could take. And I was like, "What is happening right now?" In my mind, it was still a boundaries thing because like we work together, right? And you know, you're not supposed to shit where you eat. So I was like, <laughs> "What if this like?" I know what a what a lovely way to say it, right? <laughs> what if? this gets weird you know and I never get into my head about stuff like that but I felt like you know is this okay I don't know if that this is the right thing to do because we like work together and I was like you're my boss and Sarah's like no I'm not like no but you are because like to me right at the shop Sarah's the boss right I'm like you sign the check yeah. So yeah, you give me the orders. That was you're the, the whose office door I'm opening. You're the you're <laughs> a, yeah. You're the femdom. I am just the worker. I don't want to mess this up, make it uncomfortable. So how do we go from there to now happily cohabitating in La Crescenta? <laughs> in like, La Crescenta. Like that's what, a good question. What's the process to getting there, and then what do you think is like the secret sauce that's making this all work? Because it seems like, at least from my point of view, it's fucking working mm. really nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you guys have, you're, you've nested mm-hmm. together in a way that I think it was such a big change and such a, you had to blend family, you mm-hmm. know, there, I mean, I don't know if that's the right term, but it's like, there's a child involved yeah. and, you know, parenting and a, all of this stuff. How did, how, how'd you do that? And then what do you think is working? You want me to go first? Sure. I think basically the short answer is I kept an open mind because mm. I was very closed off to a lot of ideas. I was super convinced I was a confirmed bachelor, mm-hmm. super convinced I never wanted to live with anyone ever again. How long had you been living single? Like over 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You broke a 20 year streak, Sarah. <laughs> Damn. Like, no, no, no. And never want to have kids and... Just like no to everything. Yeah. No to everything. As like a protective thing? Yeah, of course. And like that's not the way to like allow love into your Mm -hmm. life, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. It's the opposite. Like I said, having so many failed uh, experiences and like lots of fun sex. Like I'm not complaining. Right. I'm not complaining (laughs) about my life, but I'm saying that uh, keeping those walls up and keeping the heart protected doesn't allow it to grow, right? Right. And doesn't allow anyone in. Yeah. And I think doing a lot of work around parenting and kind of, I kind of figured out you can't always do it alone. Mm. And learning to ask for help, mm-hmm. letting people back, in, letting bringing people it back in. around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a few things that have worked really well for us. Some of them are specific to us, and some of them, I think, are universal in the sense of, on paper, we shouldn't have worked. Mm. Like, certainly, I knew we were going to have a lot of fun, and we had a lot of fun in the beginning. And then life got real, Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, is it, you know, is this going to have legs beyond that? And one thing that was really different for me in terms of how I approach this relationship, certainly having gone through the experience of having a divorce, 
having a kid and having to be really intentional about the kind of energy. Like I had people who wanted to date me who were clearly so hungry to have a family. Mm. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like that's not going to work for me. Because like Ruby actually does have a fam. Like Ruby mm-hmm. has two really engaged parents. Like if you're like seeing this relationship as a quick avenue to forming a family, that's not like I was pretty allergic to that. But I think we just kept being really present with what was happening in the moment. And that's kind of the universal thing that I've learned because I'm really good at going from A to B and figuring out how to get from A to B. Mm -hmm. And I've done relationships that way in the past. I've been goal oriented about Mm. them. I've been like, okay, I'm going to, I like, and that brings a controlling Mm -hmm. energy to the relationship when you're like, I want to have a kid with this person. I want to live with this person, blah, blah. So like Andrea's, our relationship histories could not have been more opposite. So I think for both of us, we had to just stay really grounded in the present. Like, does this feel good? Mm-hmm. Are we growing? Are we having a good time? Is it loving? And that's the other thing that I just think we've brought out in each other, or perhaps this is just how you always are in your relationships. But I know for me, there's some hardening that can happen. hmm that just hasn't happened in our relationship because we are really fundamentally at the end of the day kind Mm. to one another Mm. and that there's just that really sweet quality to it where no one's really trying and maybe it's just like having a relationship a little bit later in life too where Mm -hmm. you're not trying to shape the other person Mm -hmm. to be somebody that they're not so like I'm sure things about me that would have driven you crazy with the Mm -hmm. past relationships, like you're able to let it go because it's just like, oh, but fundamentally, like everything that's here is Mm -hmm. pretty good. And I'm certainly the same way too, where I'm not trying to control Andrea in ways that I have tried to in past relationships to make it like, oh, it's got to be this way. It's like, Everything was up for grabs in our relationship because it was so, um, like I said, on paper, we're kind of so mismatched Mm. that I think just really forced us to be super present Mm -hmm. and therefore just grounded in like the heart Mm -hmm. of the relationship. Like, I love being engaged to you Mm. Mm -hmm. because it's such a fun I don't know, sort of like hopeful, aspirational time. Mm-hmm. It's very romantic mm-hmm. in some ways. Like I could be engaged to you forever mm-hmm. because that's just such a sweet energy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know that you probably find some, a lot of grounding in the relationship. I find a lot of sweetness. It's yeah. kind of like that thing from our first episode of this season that Santos was saying Mm. about like, I've got that North node in cancer, like where I need to be heading is towards sweetness, Mm. kindness, collaboration. And that's definitely embodied in this relationship. Mm -hmm. It's surprising to me how much I like talking about Sarah, like to my clients or friends and saying my fiance. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, my, I have to check with my fiance and, you know, because that's not something I ever thought I would say, right? That's another no. This is the first time you've been engaged. Absolutely. I never expected to be married. Yeah. And so here's the thing, like, not to be Debbie Downer, but my sister unexpectedly passed away. Mm-hmm. And Sarah and I were, you know, in the throes of uh, the honeymoon phase, mm-hmm. like lots of sex, lots of vaginal vortex I disappeared my <laughs> friends didn't know where I went like, yeah I was not working as much as I should have been working because like you know I'm self-employed so I was like I'm gonna work for two hours and then go get laid mm-hmm. <laughs> hang out and then she unexpectedly died and I was like look away I'm hideous like mm. run go and never look back yeah like you should just go away and Sarah did not leave Mm. and she was in and I was like I don't know if I can do this like I don't even know if I can person right now yeah let alone be in a relationship and be anywhere near where we were before that happened Mm -hmm. because I was just in a grief downward spiral Mm -hmm. and I think that having a love support you that way I had never experienced that yeah and I kind of finally knew what it felt like to be part of a team Mm. and it made me just flip my way of thinking about you know I'm gonna yeah I'm like I have chills and I'm crying it's like so yeah yeah I can see why that would yeah, that makes sense. Because I, you know, like Sarah was saying, like I took care of myself. Right. I took care of my sister. I moved out when I was nineteen. I got the fuck out like mm-hmm. as soon as I could. And my sister was always like, "I don't know how to do anything." And I'm like, "You just figure it out. Mm-hmm. You just figure it out." And I think that being on my own for so long and doing it myself and relying on myself and not having and taking care of my mom too like I was the dad for like a long time and like my grandpa got dementia and like Mm -hmm. taking care of just always taking care of someone else Mm -hmm. does not allot the time to do the work on yourself and so I was like just used to this I'm a lone wolf Mm -hmm. you know I'm gonna go off to die alone it'll be fine me and my cats will be fine (laughs) and um, Sarah came along and it's like now knowing what a team is like I don't like to use the word partner Mm -hmm. I I know other people like it's fine it's a fine word it just seems a little um, I don't know stale for me or or it doesn't fit my way of thinking, but teammate. Yeah. Like whenever we get into like a stupid argument or like a weird disagreement, I'm always like, but we're on the same team. Right. And like, we always, we have each other's best interests at heart. Yeah. We're doing it together. Like I love you more. Like that's why I'm trying to do this thing. You know, like, and then sometimes it'll rub the other person the wrong way, but ultimately like we are on the same team. Yeah. And I have never been in a relationship where I felt like someone has my back. Yeah. Yeah, And so that's where we are. And I think that's the secret sauce is that I let go of all these antiquated ways of like how I thought I had to take care of myself. And I did a trust fall into Sarah and it worked. And you let the love in. I let the love in and, you know, we're doing it. Ugh, yeah, you guys. Yeah, we are. I mean, there's one more thing I want to say because I think some people... 
listening will relate to this and that like for you, me sticking around really was pivotal in the development of a more serious relationship. For me, as someone who has done a lot of the like Wonder Woman mm-hmm. shit t- in order to be loved, mm-hmm. it was actually really challenging to like be like, okay, this is a leap of faith that I'm going to be here and really like show up for this person because this feels all too familiar mm-hmm. of like, this is a really well-developed muscle for me and what I'm actually looking to do at this stage in my life is also to receive love in the way that I know I deserve Mm. to receive love. And I think that a lot of people with my kind of similar baggage do that of like, I'm going to do everything so that I can be loved because that's the only way I know how to be loved. And the thing that um, for me clinched us being together for the long term was that I also asked during those times for you to show up in a way that was uncomfortable for you Mm -hmm. and like asserted that I deserve to have relationship needs met. Mm -hmm. Certainly during deep grief periods, you did it imperfectly, but you always made a really conscious effort to meet the things I was asking for. Mm. And that to me was like, okay, the things you're telling me about like, this is just like deep grief. Like I can trust that that's true because I see you really, really trying. And so I think for me, the exercise in this relationship was also, even though it was uncomfortable to ask you to show up Mm -hmm. in periods of dark grief, I did it anyways, because I was like, I have, I cannot lose this Mm -hmm. quality of like knowing what I'm worth, asking for what Mm -hmm. I need, because if I do that, it's going to be so easy for me to let all of that go. Right. And so it was a real exercise Mm. and like both of us kind of pushing through to show up for each other it's really wonderful I think and you know the timing and everything all makes more sense now because it's Mm -hmm. all it's the situations you're in but also just arriving in your personhood and your power I think there's a certain level of harmonizing that I'm able to see. Like, I feel Mm. like Sarah, you're at a kind of like higher pitch and energy Uh level, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and there, and so it's kind of like just a higher tone. And then Andrew, you have this like lower kind of bassier tone and you guys are, are harmonizing in that, not compromising your tone, not trying to be differently, but being able to create this new sound with it Mm. because you're both in your power Mm And also willing to like let someone treat you well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I love that. I mean, I think that's the moral of the story, yeah. right? For everybody is yeah. like know that you need to be treated well. Yeah. Even if it is just by your your own self. Yeah. Right. That's where it starts. Yeah. One hundred percent. Oh. Yeah, there's the old trope about you are attracted to women that remind you of your mother and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, that's not true. Like, I would never bought into that, like all the therapists that I went to see and blah, 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 the unavailability. Right. I was like, no, my mom's my biggest fan. It's like, now, 
right? Because mm. she was drinking. So like when I was little, mm-hmm. like she didn't get sober till she was 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was 15. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, that's when I started drinking, mm. right? So like the unavailability was always there. I just didn't know it. Right. I was not aware of the like, look at me, look at me, I'm here, you know, and I'm going to do this cool thing and you're going to notice. And so that was relationship after relationship after relationship of like not available either emotionally, physically, Mm -hmm. geography, (laughs) like all the things of just like not being present. Mm -hmm. And Sarah's so 100% (laughs) present. Yeah. It's like a 180 of like, oh, that's what it is. And right. me telling her to go away, like leave, go, go now, just leave. Just, it's not, I'm not going to be, I'm never going to be okay. Yeah, I'm I can't do the song and dance for you because no. I'm covered in grief. Yeah. And she was like, no. She's like, but you better stop saying that too though. Like, yeah. Cause it kind of hurts my feelings. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh yeah. This is yeah. special guys. Yeah. Thank you for the insights into your yeah, relationship. Yeah, I mean, also, you know, fuck the patriarchy. I just never even knew it was there. Like, so, so, but I, but I support, I support I, fucking the patriarchy. Yeah. No, I mean, we always like to end the show on that. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, um, oh, yeah. I have decided that Dirt Gems is my affirmation Ooh. deck now. And I, I pulled a card for you. It is. Lit- wait, 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 wait. There's one thing I want to say. Yeah. I listen to your guys' podcast, mm-hmm. not just because I know you and I love you, but because I really like it. And I told Sarah, listen, you guys kind of, you're in that sweet spot of where you're, it's not just like a sex podcast or you guys talk about the underrepresented. Mm. And I think that's really important. And I really appreciate it. And you're smart and you're funny. And the podcasts that I listen to are usually women. Mm -hmm. um, And they're usually friends. And they have a nice rapport. And that's why I listen because it's like, it's like listening to a couple friends talk and yeah, they're talking about murder, (laughs) or cryptids, or medical mysteries or whatever it is it's like yeah it's the rapport between the the co-hosts as well and you guys have that and i think just keep doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. you're only getting better thank you and i really like your podcast and i 100 percent support and i wish you guys were on a huge network because you need to like (laughs) more ears need to be hearing this thank you that's so nice yeah i appreciate that i just wanted to say that before (laughs) Okay, well, here's my gift to you. Yes. Licorice. Mm. It is called the Sweetheart Mechanic. Mm, cool. I'm going to start calling you the Sweetheart Aww. Mechanic. <laughs> Lick- In bed. Yeah. <laughs> licorice makes things work like lightning. Licorice conducts energy, allowing different parts to speak to one another. Known as an activator, licorice can bring plants together in conversation, heightening their effectiveness and allowing each plant to get where they need to go with greater ease and efficiency. 
Licorice is the bringer of sweetness, at once energizing, joyful, and bright. As a powerful conduit, licorice finds where energy congests or pools and sends streams of vital force flowing through you. Licorice is an ally to call in when it's time to gather our resources and use them with precision to move towards a new and powerful state of being. Licorice believes in the personal becoming the collective, working together with understanding, each of us arriving with our abundant selves to offer care for others. So tasty. It's very on theme, I think. I like red licorice. (laughs) Well, I love you. I love you too. And thank you for being on the pod. My pleasure. Thanks for asking me. I love you guys too. I love you too. <laughs> In a different way, but maybe a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> I really teared up at a certain moment when Andrea was talking about how you weathered that storm mm. when her sister passed. And the idea of going from being hyper independent, which we know now like really comes out of trauma and neglect and things like that. And to then let somebody in, to let the love in, you know, and how it came about through like really seeing that you're, you know, not just there for the song and dance. You're there for all of this stuff. Yeah, it was a it was a really hard time in our relationship. And I, I think I spoke to it a little bit, like me trying to recalibrate around mm-hmm. like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I have to still assert my needs during mm-hmm. this time. And there was something about, I mean, I want to give some props to Ruby mm. as well, because I do think that that orientation towards parenthood mm-hmm. made me way better at relation. Like my particular issue around giving up parts of myself so that a partner feels comfortable mm-hmm. or so that I feel like love isn't going to go away, those kinds of things like Ruby allowed us to have a pacing Mm -hmm. that was comfortable for Andrea as you know with her history Mm -hmm. and that kept me really grounded in my main priority which is I'm a a parent and Mm -hmm. so that always has to come number one and that was really a learning curve for me to have this style of relationship like I imagined I would just date and kind of be casual and those sorts of things for a really long time. And we, you know, waited five years to move in together. Like there's mm-hmm. just have been a lot of things where it's been paced appropriately for our particular needs. So I guess this is just a long kind of clunky way of saying like throw out the scripts of what relationships are supposed to fucking be mm-hmm. and just be really grounded in who you are and what is coming up in your life. And when you're present with that, Mm -hmm. then you can make decisions that are going to be good potentially for the long term because they're really grounded in like a true sense of who you are, what you need, those kinds of things. And that's, I just think what's held us together. Yeah. What's working. I really got a strong sense for both of you really, you know, like you're saying, grounded in yourselves, knowing who you are and what kind of treatment you want in a relationship. 
you kind of showed Andrea how somebody can show up and yeah. that was really transformative for her. But yeah. Andrea still like, I mean, we talked about with the Mojo thing. Mojo, I mean, I'm really starting to think like Mojo's just like a lack of, it's that lack of imposter syndrome. It's like, yes. I belong here. Yeah. And I'm here and I'm just standing yeah. in my own, you know, body and I belong and I'm here and I'm not apologetic for it. That's yeah. really powerful. Yeah, I think that that probably was what was so disarming to me. I mean, obviously, aside from the fact that I'm very attracted to Andrea yeah. and <laughs> like <laughs> have always been, but it was disarming having her in my presence in a time in my life where there were things where I think I wasn't being very true to myself. Mm. You know, it's kind of like that lightning bolt that comes into the room where right. you're like, oh, this person fucking knows themselves yeah. is truly like their true selves. And there is nothing sexier than yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But also you are very in your power also. And by the time you guys got into relationship, you were, even though this intensity of grief came about pretty quickly into the relationship, you're able to stand your ground for what you need in partnership. Even if things are really chaotic, you're you're going to stand up for your your needs and what, what you need from this person. And I think that's really great because I've, in general, just thrown them right out the window as soon as like, you know, oh, you need this? I'll just, yeah. you know, do cartwheels, whatever I can do. And that was 100% the character mm -hmm. of my earlier relationships. Yep. Like I laugh at my younger self in my early 20s who thought that those relationships would last because it's like, I wasn't being, tr I was being true to what I felt mm -hmm. had to happen in order for the relationship right. to stay intact. Right. And acting from that place can really get you into some trouble further down the road. Yeah. I've had those relationships. <laughs> yeah. And it's reminding me, I think we talked about this with work and a few other things. I think with Kat, we talked about with the activism of like taking care of your actual needs first Mm -hmm. And then you can put things on top of that. Then you can go to work and then you can be in relationship and all of these things. But you have to be able to like, I don't know, like stand with yourself and know your own value. I think that you are right that there's something that my mom said to me once, like if you're going to throw a lifeline mm. out like a... Uh, floaty into the ocean mm -hmm. to pull someone in if you're not standing on firm ground yeah you're just gonna get sucked into the ocean and you're both gonna drown yeah you know? it's a put put your oxygen mask on first <laughs> this hard. is our style of relationship yeah. advice here <laughs> Fuck yeah yeah <laughs> well i'm i'm in a pretty different spot in my relationship to others. And I'm really working on my own value and what I actually want out of relationship with other people. And um, I have a little segment around this. I think it's going to be a what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. So a little backstory. I have, I think, mentioned it before on the podcast that I've been working on deconstructing my misogynist fantasies. And so I did a lot of masturbating 
while watching television in, as a way to non-sexy television. A lot of Rick and Morty, Bob's Burgers, like I don't know, I love cartoons, Solar Opposites, Disenchantment, like all of those things I'll watch while I'm masturbating in order to get the fantasies out of my head and just sit in the pleasure. And so huh. I've just been doing like trying to not think, just pleasure. So interesting. So that fucking worked. I'll tell you what. I can huh. now masturbate with nothing on, no images, nothing, and um, and not go off into like knee-jerk kind of fantasies, right? So I broke that down, and then I've been sitting for a couple months just being like, what's it going to be? What am I interested in? What am I interested in? You know? So I don't know. I haven't found anything that has piqued my interest, but about two weeks ago, I had a little bit of spontaneous desire in my in my belly. And I was like, oh, maybe like, let's look around for something a little bit. And so a friend of mine was like, look up lesbian caresses on YouTube. And I did. <laughs> and I don't know what she was looking at, but I did not find anything that appealed to me. It was very like male gaze kind of like, um, you know, blonde young women or whatever. And I'm not into it. So nothing wrong with that. Just not my thing. And so, but I started digging around and pretty quickly. Oh, I can't wait. I found something called boyfriend ASMR. <laughs> boyfriend ASMR. Mm -hmm. Okay. What comes to your mind? What do you think this might be? Okay. If it's ASMR, it's got to be like soothing and pleasant. So it's a, a masculine voice <laughs> and it's like, saying really kind things to you ding 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 yes it's so good <laughs> it's so good and there's all kinds like there's I, sarah this world and i'm just calling it boyfriend AS asmr because i don't know what the ungendered term would be there's girlfriend asmr there's trans girlfriend asmr there's trans boyfriend asmr there's trans girls um, speaking just really kindly to other trans girls, like doing affirmations around their gender. And oh. they're all of uh, you had a hard like day with your dysphoria and somebody misgendered, you know, like all this stuff, just giving these it's wonderful like gender euphoria. Yes, yes. And it's a plethora. There's crazy shit. There's a whole werewolf and vampire segment of this. But it's weird. It'll be like vampire boyfriend cuddles you to sleep. Vampire stuck, I literally saw this, vampire stuck in a chimney um, because they were going to be Santa for you. What? Like, it's so, there's also ones that are dommy and there's like a whole sub-segment of like mafia boss sons or mafia boss daughters that are like threatening you. And the first one I clicked on was, um, it was called Enemies to Lovers. So it's like, this guy being really rude and doesn't like you and all this stuff. But then it, the conversation turns around and it's always a one-sided conversation. So they leave a pause for you to supposedly say something, but it's like, you're only hearing one side of the conversation. So this is the one that we're going to play is a segment from the one that I actually, the first one that I orgasmed over. Okay, so I want you to, if you're listening at home and you have the ability, put on headphones because it's part of it. There is something how it gets in my ears and rattles like my reptile brain around, plus the sexuality of it all. So here we go. 
you just put on something warmer <sighs> here let me see how cold you are give me those hands give me those hands oh my god holy shit you're actually freezing okay yeah those are actually pretty cold guess if you really can't fall asleep until you warm up then fine we can cuddle but on one condition it will just be so you can warm up and finally fall asleep absolutely nothing more than that nothing more you hear me You promise. Okay, good. Now come here. The cold hands. <laughs> That's hysterical. Okay, the sighing oh. is so sexual yes. and intimate. It's really interesting because you really only hear someone communicating in that mm -hmm. way in an intimate relationship. Like mm -hmm. you're not really yes. getting, so like, you know, maybe you're long distance and you're on the phone and you're both kind of going to sleep or you're yeah. in bed together. So there's like an intimacy. The yeah. masculinity is definitely coming through. Oh, yeah. There's like a slight touch of snarkiness. Yes. And then the cold hands is just so okay. perfect for Let you. Let me tell you, the cold hands is the part that I came at. Like that I orgasmed when he talked, when he, and this is just a segment of it, but there's like a whole lead up where he doesn't want you in his bed. He's like, it's supposed to be he's your roommate and you've come to his bed because you're fucking cold and you can't sleep. And so you wiggled your way into his bed, which he didn't want. And then he, there's a whole part where he's like, there is a wall between us. You will not cross this line. He does not want to have sex with you. But then when he finally touches your hands... He has like this genuine kind of little shock moment of what feels like to me like genuine care. And then he brings you in because he's like worried about your well-being. And then if it goes on, like it turns into like you start wiggling against him and then it goes to Patreon after that, you know. <laughs> OK, so the thing that this makes me think of because we could talk about this forever we have to do an episode on fantasies yes and talk about our current state of fantasies and also some of the tips and tools we have for fantasy exploration yeah because there are endless things available now on the internet it is endless look like youtube blew my fucking mind there's apologies 
There's ones where it's just a dude or a woman, whoever, just giving you a real close-up apology, taking responsibility for their <sighs> actions and how it affected you, okay? <laughs> I looked up a little bit about this. They did brain scans on people while they were listening to this kind of ASMR where it's affirmation ASMRs and brain scans on people that were getting affirmations from their actual loved ones, and it lit up the same parts of the brain. And that's part of what I've been experiencing with this. Like, I'll listen to the apology ones sometimes because I do feel like I'm owed a few apologies <laughs> by certain people and not no one present. But it's like, it's it soothes me. It I feel better afterwards. And I do think that it affects you in the in these ways. So I wanted to bring this to like Valentine's Day, partly of like, if you don't have somebody to, you know, cuddle your cold hands, you know, and make you warmer or something. There are these other things that can kind of, you know, bridge the gap, or even if it's not something you're looking for, you can get these warm, fuzzy feelings from these other places. And I don't know, it's good masturbation fodder, I'll tell you what. I There's a lot it. of stuff out there. Ugh. Anyway, a boyfriend ASMR. That's well, my jam right now. For introducing me to yet another new thing that I knew nothing about. And I will put all of my favorite ones in the show notes. Ooh, okay. So check them out there. Because <laughs> this one that we listened to is zero ASMR. He's got my favorite voice, but his content's not always my favorite. He gets a little duty sometimes, but there's some really great ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on this journey with us. Please find us on Instagram and TikTok at Fuck yeah Pod For Valentine's Day, how about you give us a rating Ooh. and review? Send that us would some really, love. really mean a lot to us. When you email us or DM us, it also just warms our hearts. Fyapod at gmail.com. Find us. We want to be found. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck Yeah Podcast is hosted and produced by Robin Jennings and Sarah Tom Chesson, a.k.a. my mom. Theme music is by She, Her, Sir. Segments are voiced by Kristen Smith Davis. If you're enjoying the pod, please subscribe and leave us a rating or review. And don't forget to share with a friend. You can email us at fyapod at gmail.com or follow us on TikTok or Instagram at fuckyapod. Thanks for tuning in.